Welcome. You're listening to the Equine Photographers Podcast, the place to learn from top equine professionals around the world as they share their experience and knowledge on what it takes to be an accomplished equine photographer. Now, here is your host, Peter DeMott. Well, this is the Equine Photographers Podcast, and I am Peter DeMott, and I am with Kirsty Marie Jones of Kirsty Marie Photography in, in Texas. And uh, Kirsty, the first thing we always do is just ask which came first, the horses or the photography? And looking at your website, it looks to me like the horses came first. Yeah, that's that's correct. I grew up riding my whole life. Um, Start, and starting at what? So I, my mom had loved horses forever. Um, but she was one of nine kids, so she couldn't have a horse. <laughs> Otherwise, nine kids would have to have a horse. Um, so she started my older sister in riding lessons and didn't really stick for my sister, but I was just begging from three years old. So it started with dressage lessons when I was three. And I showed hunter jumpers after that. And then I switched. I got some paint horses. I showed the all around. I did a lot of Western um, I got a scholarship to ride for TCU's equestrian team, and I rode horsemanship and reining for them. So I have a background with many different breeds of horses and many different disciplines of riding. And then where did photography pop into the picture? Yeah, so I sold my show horses to go off to college. That was the deal with my parents. And um, my show horse was like my soulmate. So it was losing a really big part of me. And I, um, my husband, we started dating when we were in high school and we did long distance in college. So we had done this photo shoot before we went off to school and I hung the pictures all around, uh, my dorm room. And, and so I had pictures of my show horses and it was the wind pictures and I love those, but then I had pictures of my boyfriend and it was, you know, it really showed our relationship and how much we loved each other. And I was like, I love this horse just as much, if not more. <laughs> Um, then, you know, my boyfriend who turned into my husband and I was like, the wind pictures, they mean a lot to me. You know, I love, I, I would buy all of my show proofs, but, um, I didn't have anything that really captured our relationship, which I felt like was so special. So it was in college that I picked up a camera. It was my last year of college, actually, um, that I picked up a camera and I had no intention of being a photographer. I just really liked nice pictures and I thought I would, um, blog personally. And I just wanted a camera to take pictures with, but I bought it and I immediately went to my front pasture and I had a pony out there and I could not, I mean, I was just drawn to horses. It's the only thing that mattered to me. So it's the only thing I wanted to take photographs of. Um, and that quickly turned to, I, I have so many friends in the horse industry. So I started taking pictures of girls and their horses because I was really trying to give them something that I'd never had for myself. Um, because it, it wasn't really popular then like it is now, which is fantastic. I love that it's so popular now to get picture portraits done with your horse. Um, but anyway, it was something I didn't have growing up with a horse that meant a lot to me. Um, so it's something that I wanted to produce for the people who I loved around me. The, where did the business come in then? Yeah, I, so it was in 2012 that I picked up a camera and then it, you know, just kind of snowballed because I had a lot of connections in the horse industry. So it went from, you know, a small hobby to a bigger hobby to a business. So it was kind of an organic little snowball there. My business started at the very end of 2013. Wow. Um, so I 
And that was right at the time. This is another newbie. I just talked to somebody last week. (laughs) Yes. Yep. So it's been a short amount of time. Um, So it was like October 2013 that I launched the business um, after just moving from Oregon down to Texas um, and, and started my business. Of course, you're totally surrounded by horses now. It is a great spot to be. I will not lie. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> every direction that I go is, you know, it'll be the quarter horse capital of the world up, up north of me. And then there's the cutting horse capital of the world, you know, just west of me. And there's a whole bunch of hunter jumper barns in between the two. So there's a lot of horses in the DFW Metroplex. Uh-huh. Did you decide I'm going to make this a business or did it just start happening and, and you decided you better make some money from it. Yeah. So I, I went to school in the business school at TCU and I majored in finance. Um, and I really felt that there was a hole in the market. I just didn't know if I wanted to turn this into a business mainly because I loved it so much. And I kind of was afraid if I turned something I loved into a business, it would ruin it for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and that has happened to people before, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a very real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, I protected it for a little bit because I was like, I never want to get to the point where I look at people like dollar signs. Um, I want to do this because I personally feel very fulfilled. So, so I, it was in a strategic marketing class, my final year that I was like, okay, I, I see if I created a business plan for this thing, um, I definitely see a hole in the market. I and the see hole, a place in, the, the hole in the market is this relationship pictures. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I and I could build out a business plan and I could roll this out and I feel like I could have success, but it was still a full, just about a full year after that class until I finally decided to launch. And I think that the time in between that was just, a, you know, getting better at photography <laughs> because I was not going to launch a product that would still be in beta or that I still didn't have, you know, I, I wanted full confidence that if somebody was paying me that I could deliver a standard product that was a very high quality. So I think I just kind of took a year to um, practice, practice and more practice and then really just kind of tease out if I wanted to do this as a business or if I wanted to keep this as a hobby. Okay. And so during that teasing part, did you have a lot of, uh, traction? Yeah. So, I mean, the strongest part of marketing for my business is word of mouth referrals. Um, so, and I have so many repeat clients. I look at my bookings this year and it is just unbelievable. So many people are coming to me for their second session, third session. Some girls are at their fourth session and I've only been in business. This is my third year. Um, so it, it just seems outrageous to me. Um, I am so humbled and blessed. I mean, obviously there's nothing better than a repeat client. Um, and they're coming it, back it, annually then I guess. Yeah. Sometimes several times a year. Um, wow. so it just, it, it, it grew word of mouth because when I would get into a show barn, you know, a trainer has a, a whole bunch of girls right there. And, and when one girl gets it, gets her photographs done and everybody sees it on social media, then they want theirs done. So it's kind of, you know, the hardest part of this is get breaking into a new barn. But once I do that, they kind of fall like dominoes. Um, once I can get into 
a new discipline or a new show barn or under a new trainer, then it, it kind of just is a rippling effect. I do see that you have like 8,000 likes. Do you uh, do much with your uh, social media? And I do, do yeah. you, What are the uh, areas of social media that you participate in? Yeah, so social media, um, I, I try to leverage very heavily, but at the same time, it's only one of like eight major buckets of marketing that I kind of mentally segregate. Um, so on social media, I use Google+, I use Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, Snapchat, Yelp, Vimeo. Um, and some of those are very static platforms that don't require a lot of updates. Um, you know, I'll, I'll post what I put on my blog onto Google plus just because the SEO is amazing. Um, and I, and I just try to use a ton of keywords there because Google loves Google plus, uh, imagine that. Um, and something like Yelp is super static. It just exists. <laughs> I just created it and then it just kind of sits there. Um, but then I do, you know, my workhorse is Instagram right now. And that is the newest source of most of my leads. Um, the newest platform I'm on is Snapchat, which gives me so much interaction. I, that's not what I was expecting. When I went on to Snapchat, I didn't really know what to experience. But um, Instagram, I don't have a lot of in, but I do, but it's not a ton of interaction with the people following me. Uh, it's just not really how the platform is used. But Snapchat is like, constant conversations with past clients and potential clients. And it's just, it's a fun, it's a fun little platform. Um, but then also Facebook, I post pictures and I post my blog links and, um, any other news or updates I post on Facebook. Are you working like 24 hours a day to maintain all that? (laughs) Because you know, all the, the, uh, the people that have been in this business for a while, you know, catching up on social media, of course you're younger. So you, grow up with it but a lot of people it's like oh my gosh I can't spend this much time trying to maintain these uh, social media platforms (laughs) I I I completely understand actually photography is not my full-time business I work full-time in the asset management industry um so it so this is even part-time wow photography is part-time um and I outsource a lot of things because my business has really, really grown and I, and I need to, um, focus on the values on the, on the area that I can provide a lot of value. Um, so anything that I do not feel good at, or I get a lot of satisfaction from doing, I pretty much outsource all of it. Um, so there are parts of social media that I outsource. There are parts of social media that are automated and things post for me from your, Um, from your blog. Yeah, yes. or like scheduling apps um, and things like that, yes. Um, but then it's also just, I mean, something I love. Like I love Instagram, and so I will admit I am on it a lot. <laughs> and most all of my Instagram posts are organic. It's just like whatever I feel like at that moment, I, I post on Instagram. With a picture. It's always with a picture, yep. right? Yeah. Yes, Okay. Exactly. So as I look at your Facebook and at your uh, website, it just seems like you have a lot of business. How do you fit that in with a full-time career? Um, Is it all evenings and weekends? Yes, it's all evenings. and it's, it, Actually, it's mostly weekends. Um, I okay. pretty much only schedule on weekends. So, How many shoots might you do on a weekend? 
I have two this weekend, um, and I had two last weekend. I, I consider myself fully booked out at two to three shoots a month. That's where I feel really comfortable, and I can deliver a really quick turnaround with two to three shoots a month. But um, I have this small problem of overbooking myself, and so that ends up usually at like six to eight shoots a month. And in busy months, I think there was one point where I did like 16 shoots in about six weeks. Um, and so that was overextending myself a bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning. <laughs> the prices keep increasing as the demand keeps increasing. Um, and I'm learning how to just kind of scale back and keep, keep pushing. My, my biggest problem is I can't say no. So if someone has like an ad deadline or, you know, some reason that they need photos right now, I do my very, very best to, to, to fit them in, but I'm learning how to say I am booked until September. Let's, you know, open up the calendars from September to November and fit you in there. I heard you mention needing pictures for an advertisements. Um, so are you, you don't actually create the advertising for the person that's promoting themselves for a show? Is that, That's correct. I just produce images. I don't okay. do any graphic design. I don't even do my own graphic design. Like I said, I like to outsource uh -huh. <laughs> a lot of things. If I'm not good at it or I don't love doing it, uh, it's outsourced. <laughs> okay, so that would be your website too? Yes, website okay. was outsourced. Um, all graphic design outsourced. All album design I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't design my own albums. I can't. <laughs> I've tried. I'm no good at it. Uh -huh. um, I get help on social media from some friends. Um, well, that's a great idea. Trying to think what else. But all bookkeeping is me because I love that. <laughs> um, that's where your education is at. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. I'm like the opposite of every other photographer. Right, who hates, exactly. <laughs> who hates tax time. I'm like, are you kidding? I update my books four times a day. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So um, I noticed your prices are very um you have a nice starting point is it 14.95 i think yes so i have three packages and they go from 14.95 to 3000 and you said you started at lower prices but i'm guessing that you sort of said when i want this to be a business i need to charge professional prices so where where did you start when you first started out in terms yeah. of packages so I, um, actually my, my whole first year I was all film and that was because, you know, I was, I, my very first camera was a digital, but I, that lasted me like two months because I was following all these wedding blogs cause I was planning my own wedding and every single photographer that I loved and followed, I realized that they all had a common thread and that was, they shot medium format film. Um, it's wildly popular in the wedding industry right now and all the major wedding blogs. So I was like, you know, my, my first DLSR that lasted me like two, three months. And then I just went out and bought a contact 645 because I was like, everybody shoots with this. Who's, who's, who's aesthetic I love. So, so I went full film and I was a hundred percent film for about the first year and a half. So, and, and I wasn't charging people when I was practicing. So it was an enormous <laughs> Uh, personal investment because film isn't cheap. Um, and I'm a little bit, you know, shutter happy. I just click, click, click with these horses. And so 
oh my goodness, 15 rolls of film in an hour adds up. So wow, yeah, that does. Add when up. I came out of the gates, um, I knew that I needed to not only cover my film costs, I, I needed to create a profit. So I think when I first started my business, my lowest package was like six ninety five, or something around there, um, just to make sure that I could cover all of the costs for my film, the film developing my time out there, any mileage, and then a profit back into my business. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then you switch to digital and that lowered your your cost. Yeah, I'm hybrid. So I shoot film at just about every shoot still. Um, Except not not 16 rolls. No. (laughs) So uh, the more I was able to learn Lightroom and figure out how to edit my digitals to look more like my film shots, the more I started using digital. So, um, you know, I kind of upgraded digital camera bodies and I started really learning editing a lot more so that I am still shooting film and I wait for my film lab photo vision to get my film, film scans back to me. And then I edit my digitals to match the film scans that they gave me. Um, and so I do my best to do that so that everything looks cohesive but it, I just found, uh, not only saves a good load of money, but, um, it's just a lot easier when working with naughty horses to have digital than it is to have film. <laughs> right. I saw you have a Hasselblad. Is that? I do. Yeah. I sold my contacts. The focus was too finicky for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, everything was manual focus for me because it's autofocus system didn't work. So I switched to Hassi. And I love it because the autofocus is lightning fast and so accurate, mm-hmm. which helps a lot when subjects are moving quickly. Where do you want your photography to go from here? Do you want to stay as a part-time business or are you interested in having it go full-time? Yeah, that is an excellent question. And I get asked so often. Um, the hard part right now is that I absolutely love this photography business and I sacrifice a lot for it. I pour myself into it, but I absolutely love um, my full-time job in finance. And so right now they balance each other out so well because they get to exercise very different parts of my brains and, and, and use very different skill sets that I have. And so, you know, I've, I've been doing this for several years and it's, I haven't burnt out yet because they're so opposite. Um, that it's almost like they help balance each other and offset each other. Um, because I get to be, you know, so creative in one and then so analytical in another. And then I get to bring some of my creativity from this to the other and and vice versa. Hmm. Um, so it might just stay this way for a long time. Yeah. I mean, if I wanted to be a full-time photographer, I could have done that a long time ago. Um, Mm -hmm. and I could do that right now. Um, but it's just... Right now, I love both, and so I'm not willing to give up either. So mm-hmm. that might change in the future. I'm not making any promises, but uh, no plans to change right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then uh, the packages starting at $14.95. I'm kind of jumping around here. I'm sorry That's about so that. Up to $3,000, and they're all inclusive packages. Can you explain what that means? Yes. So I have been. Um, the client of photography many times and 
and still am because I think that's one of the most powerful ways that we learn is to put ourselves in our customer's shoes. So I am always booking photographers at their full price and going through their full experience to really hone in on what I love about, you know, client experience and products and everything like that. And what I don't like so that I can, you know, make changes to my own business. So that's pretty, that's a pretty spectacular idea. I think, I think that's a fantastic idea. And I, I don't think enough photographers do that. Yeah. Well, you know, they always say the farrier's horse is the last to be shod. Um, and, and so Unfortunately, I feel like many photographers don't get pictures taken of themselves. And not only is that just kind of sad, because I feel like you should believe in your product so much, you should be able to sell it to yourself. But, you know, even not on a personal level, on a business level, you should be putting yourself in your client's perspective as often as you can. And I do that through a lot of surveys and asking for a lot of feedback from my people. And I also do that from putting myself through the paces. So, you know, I kind of learned, um, I had a book to several photographers who only did in-person sales. And I felt so strong armed. I, I basically, I hated the entire experience. I didn't, I didn't understand going into it that they did not sell digital files and all I wanted was the digital files. Um, so I was like thousands of dollars into a shoot and I hated the experience. And then, you know, and then I, I got married and my wedding photographer was like the world's best photographer. And he went above and beyond and gave me so much stuff and everything was all inclusive. And so it was like, you know, well, what I about paid. the stuff you got that you didn't want? I mean, or or was it all presented in such a way that it's like, oh, yeah, I definitely want that. Yes, I want that. Yes, I want that. I essentially, you know? I, I just wanted digital files and there was no way for me to get it. And so then I was just stuck. I bought a whole bunch of five by sevens that felt so overly priced and are literally not displayed anywhere in my house. I can't, I can't even tell you where they are. And I ended up scanning them in myself because all I wanted was the pictures on my computer. (laughs) So I just felt like ripped off at the end of it. And I don't, and I am no longer bitter because I'm extremely thankful for that experience because it's literally built out how everything works now that I do. Um, And I, I personally would never book another photographer who doesn't give digitals. And so I personally give all the digitals to all of my sessions. Now, um, you mean and it's all, different for everybody. Let's talk about that. All the digitals, you mean all the digitals that you... Uh, Took? No. The yeah, finished that's, ones. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's <laughs> so if I shot a thousand, you know, they'll get a hundred, hundred and fifty. So every, every image that gets delivered to them, I feel is of the quality I could put in my portfolio, share on my blog, post on my social media. So that's how hard I cull. Um, you know, if I'm going to give it to them, I would want the entire world to see it. And then um, every image has been through both Lightroom and Photoshop. So it's been color corrected and retouched. Mm-hmm. So okay. when I say all photos, I mean, yeah, all finished, finished photos. photos, right? <laughs> all finished photos. Exactly. But there are, there are people that will give somebody a CD oh, with 700 <laughs> images on it. And, and they're blinking and I kind of understand the purpose for some of it, but others of it, I'm like, yeah, some photos should be deleted forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So let's talk about the all inclusive still. So yeah. You give 100 or 150 digitals. What's the difference between a 1495 package and a $3,000 package? Yeah, so the lowest package 
you get everything. I mean, everybody who comes to me, I want them to have the full experience, right? So um, the lowest package is an hour of shooting. You get all of the images online in a gallery. You can download the high res. So, you know, you're probably going to get about 150 images in high resolution that you can download. You also get the images in four by six prints that I put in a presentation box with a USB. So all your pictures are in three places. They're online. You can download them. They're in print form um, that you can feel and touch and hold in your hand because I really believe that pictures should be more than just pixels. Um, and then they're on the USB. So they're kind of portable and it's, you know, a little archive that, that you get to keep. Right. Um, and the if, next if your computer crashes, you're not going to lose your pictures. Yes. So um, the next package up is two hours of shooting. So you have a longer session and it includes everything I just described plus a canvas because I really love canvases. And then the highest package is... How big a canvas is it? That's 16 by 24. And then the highest package, um, you get a 20 by 30 canvas and you also get um, one of my albums, which is leather bound, handcrafted and absolutely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. So all apart, that album is $1,000, but it's included in the highest package. Okay. And is there more hours of coverage in the highest package? Yeah, sorry. That was three hours of shooting. Three hours. Okay. Yep. So we kind of just step up. You get more product and you get more shooting time as you kind of step up the ladder. Okay. And as you are working now, where do you think, where do most of the people fall? The middle package is by far my most popular because they get several outfit changes. If they have a couple horses, we can fit both the horses in. Um, So the middle package is the sweet spot, which is right where I want it because I want people to walk away with a big canvas um, and I want them to walk away with a ton of variety in the images that they have. So I'm really happy with that. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say... How much is that package? 16? No, that one is $22.95. That is fantastic. Do you have people spending more than $3,000 and how do they do that? Are they buying anything a la carte from you or do they... Yeah, so um, it's... It's not something I've had a lot of time to implement to date, but going forward, I want to do a lot more print sales. So I would say actually probably half of my clients do buy something after the session. So um, on top of this, the most popular thing is to turn their single canvas into a a gallery. So, you know, maybe it would be a collage of two, three, four, six images, um, like a whole canvas wall. Does that make sense? So, so that's kind of the most popular upgrade. The question that everyone asks is, since you're already giving them the high res digitals, (laughs) why are they going to want to buy that from you? So see, and this is the way that, you know, I just, feel. I want the high res because I want to be able to buy it by myself. So not only do they get the high res, I highly encourage them to go and print their own. I give them a list of approved vendors that I feel like they can go use. And I feel great that it'll be great quality because I don't want them to go to Walmart and be upset. Um, So I encourage it. And you know, why spend $500 on a canvas with me when you could spend 150 getting a very high quality canvas on your own? So, so that kind of limits the package to 3000 then, right? You would think, okay, let's, let's <laughs> just talk about that. Yeah. yeah, No, um, you would, you would think like I, like I just said, my experience is about 
half of my clients go do it on their own. And I'm fine with that because, Peter, I feel well compensated for the time that I invested in them. Sure. And I'm more than happy that they are getting prints because they want the images that I took on their wall. That means more to me. And I just want it to be of high quality. So they give them, you know, I I encourage them to do it and I give Mm -hmm. them a list of places to go. So I'm not hindering that. They have the high res. They can do anything they want with them because they compensated me for it. They don't owe me another dollar. And I truly believe that. But there is... 50% of the people. Who don't... They get confused. They don't want to spend the time... They, you know, I mean, there's like all the different cropping issues and some of them aren't really computer savvy. I've just, I've set it up to be very, very simple in their online gallery for them to purchase things through me. And so it is just a matter of convenience. Yes, they are paying a premium to doing it themselves, but it's a matter of convenience because I'm taking care of everything. I'm making sure that the image looks perfect. It is coming through my professional lab and it'll just show up on their door with minimal effort on their part. So those are the people who are going to come through me. And if they want to do that, that's fine. But like I said, I'm part-time, so I need to be compensated if I'm going to take the time, you know, cropping, uploading, ordering, packaging, shipping. If I'm going to take that time, I need to be compensated compensated additionally for that time. So you just, you have two groups of people. I love them both dearly. I don't care which way that they choose. They can go, they can do it themselves. They're done with me. They've paid me. All is good in my book. And then there are the, there's the group who gets a little confused or needs a little extra handholding or it's, they just don't have the time um, or the computer skills or, you know, whatever it is. And in which case I'm, I'm more than happy. I've made it very simple. Like I said, on my website, I've made it very simple for them to make orders that they can just email me. I want picture X, Y, Z this big. And then, you know, a couple days later, bam, it's at their house and it's all done for them. So I would like more image sales and that comes with marketing. Like I said, you know, to this date, I have not done a fantastic job of marketing everything else that they can purchase after the session. Um, but going forward, I would like a lot more wall galleries. I want more images hung in their houses. I want more album sales so that it can sit out on their coffee table or sit with them in their dorm room or, you know, wherever they might be. I just want more of the images in physical form. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, I am envisioning that a certain percentage of your business is coming from people that are active in the show arena and they are promoting their horse or their rider uh, in some of the horse magazines show magazines then mm-hmm. there's then there's a bunch of people that just love their horse and want to have these this relationship recorded and so they can put it on their wall or look at it on their computer or whatever um, and then I'm not sure who uh, what other groups there are but uh, the other thing I'm, I'm wondering is, do you do things socially within the groups where your customers are coming from? In other words, do you go out and do FaceTime at some of the home sh- uh, horse shows? Um, do you do anything with horse shows? Um, or is it all just on the Internet? And that's what's bringing them in. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so you did describe the two camps really well. I mean, yeah, most what, of my clients are showing. Yeah, Pro- 
probably about half and half. Um, just recreationally love their horses versus, um, are showing on a national level and need images to advertise with. Um, a lot of the girls who just want pictures, it might be their senior portraits. So this, this kind of might be the only time that they get photographed with their horse because it's, you know, an event and they just want their horse involved in their senior portraits. Um, whereas the other girls, they're more conditioned. They've had pictures done with their horses before. This is like a steady market. It's a thing. <laughs> yeah, the horse um, show know? promotion. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so there are, and I might have mentioned this earlier, there are kind of like eight main parts of marketing I look at um, mm-hmm. and social media was just one. Okay. So what are the other ones? You received an email newsletter from me. I think you signed up for that. Yeah. Um, so email is one and I want to be touching people with newsletters. I want to be in their inbox. Basically the, the premise behind this is I have an ideal client. It's a very specific ideal client and I want to be everywhere that person is. And I want to be there as often as I can represent it in the best way. So that looks like in their email inbox, that looks like snail mail in their regular mailbox. Um, I send out a big Christmas card. Let me ask you again now. So you've got your newsletter, uh-huh. uh, which I don't know if you call it a newsletter or not, but uh, how many uh, subscribers do you have? So I have three buckets. Um, I have one list that is just my existing clients that goes to a hundred people. I have one that is just to other photographers because I have like a mentoring or like a mentorship website and Instagram and kind of like a whole world built out to help other photographers. And so they get a separate newsletter and there's about 50 on that so far. And then I just have like a main customary photography. That's a drip list out to anybody who signed up for my newsletter on my website. And that is just shy of 400. Okay. And the 400 one, do you offer them an incentive to sign up or is it just, they see your website and they go, Oh gosh, I want to see those. Yeah, so um, sometimes I offer an incentive to sign up. So sometimes on my Instagram, I'll post, you know, I have a bunch of um, T-shirts made up with my logo and a bunch of towels made up. And I'll even go and, you know, buy big gift certificates to tax stores. I, I do, like, giveaways randomly. And so I'll be like, hey, you know, sign up for my email newsletter list and you'll be entered to win a $100 Dover gift card. Or sign up for my newsletter list and you'll be entered to win you know, one of three t-shirts I'm giving out or something like that. Um, so sometimes rarely I will run some type of promotion, but most of it is, it's just, it's a pop-up on my website and, um, a lot of people just fill out the Mm -hmm. pop-up. Okay. And then, so then you have the snail mail that was number two. Yep. So all my clients get several thank you cards from me at different points um, that includes photos from their session. So it's very personalized. Um, I send out a Christmas card to my whole distribution list. So I have about 200 physical um, addresses in my address list. So, you know, they get Christmas cards and a couple of various other things. So mail is one. And then we went through social media. And then, um, you know, there's my website that I consider a whole different one. So I'm constantly refreshing images on there, constantly refreshing my portfolio. I went through a whole website redesign um, with some designers and that was enormous. My, my new website launched in November of 2015 and 
since my new website, my inquiries per month doubled from what it was before. So and I, I noticed your website has a lot of video now. Are you giving video to your clients or is that all f- just for the website? It's just for the website. Um, and then I, I consider blogging different and separate from just my website and portfolio refreshers. So I do a lot of blogging every session. Almost every session that I do gets blogged and I, any other major updates, news, anything that um, I kind of want to promote gets blogged. Um, there are features in other magazines, blog sites, websites, um, a whole bunch of stuff like that that I'm always doing. And then I have kind of a category that's just called static, which is like hanging posters in local tax shops and local barns um, and just trying to get in front of this person again, right? Because we talked about my ideal client. I'm trying to get in front of this person. So anywhere that she is on her phone, you know, where she lives, where she goes, anywhere she is, I want to get in front of her. So local tax shops, local barns, things like that. And then the last one is events, which I consider horse shows. So um, we we spoke about um, am I at horse shows? And I, I don't photograph shoots. I'm not an event photographer. Um, so I don't photograph them, but I will, I do. I'm a photographer for media outlets. So there are certain shows, you know, if it's around the Dallas area. So there's a lot of huge ones at Fort Worth and a lot of huge ones at Oklahoma City. So I'll choose a couple to go to. Um, and I wear a media badge and I'm just shooting candid. So I'm nowhere near the arenas. I'm just shooting candids, you know, up and down the aisles and stuff like that. I bring cute little goodie bags for my clients. If they're showing, it's kind of like a good luck thing with horse treats and whole bunch of chocolate and everything you need at a horse show. <laughs> a lot more towels because everybody, everybody runs out of towels. Um, you know, and they have, they have your apples, logo on them. Candy. <laughs> yeah. It'll have a handwritten card from me saying, you know, good luck at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of bring enough, not only for my client, but, uh, I'll leave goodies for the rest of their barn too. So that their horse trainer gets a little love and any other girls who need bobby pins and, hair ties and zip ties. Everybody needs zip ties at a horse show, right? Um, <laughs> they, they just, they get a little treat from me. So I'll hand those out to, you know, my, my past clients and, and their immediate barn. But then I'm just at the showgrounds and I, I Snapchat behind the scenes and I'll Snapchat pictures with them. And they love that everybody screenshots those. Um, and I'll post a little bit about on Instagram, but then I'll give all the files over to whatever media outlet I am shooting for. And then they have, you know, some behind the scenes images from the horse show. Hmm. That's great. So a lot of uh, starting out equine photographers, they think, well, if I put up a website and that, you know, nothing's happening. But uh, you're demonstrating that it's all about the whole picture marketing. It's not it's face-to-face marketing. It's, uh, going out and seeing your people at the shows. Um, and probably their friends see how you treat those people and they go, I want some of that too. (laughs) You know? Uh So that's pretty good. I like that. All these things you're doing with the, the little gift baskets and, and the card and all that sort of thing. Um, I, I guess you do those in the evenings before a show to put them together, or do you just order a, some of that stuff from? No, like your... weeks before a show, I will mm. go 
to so many different stores and try to get everything together. And then I come home from work at night and I start putting all the good baskets together. Yeah, it's a it's an operation. I have to plan it far in advance. <laughs> um, sometimes a month before the show, I'll, I'll start thinking and planning and, you know, what do I want to include this time? Because I don't always include the same stuff, um, you know, and it might require a trip to Costco and then a trip to Michael's and then a trip to the tax store and then a trip, you know, whatever I decided to put together. Um, takes a lot of work. And then I put it all together and, you know, super cute with, you know, everything's pretty much pink because that's my brand, pink and gray. Um, everything's, everything's pink. And then I handwrite all the notes. Um, uh, you know, so you already it, know who's going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to tell, but then I'll also text girls. Um, and then it, it, when they win big, I also like to promote them on my pages. Um, cause I, I get really proud. The, the thing about all my clients is I get really emotionally invested in them. I mean, we have so much fun in our shoot and then I really, I mean, we become friends. I want to follow up with them and we're texting a lot. And then, you know, I've, I follow all of them on social media and anytime that they succeed, like, you know, if they're committing to a college to ride or they won, you know, a major award at a horse show, I get so proud of them and I want to feature them. Um, and so I'm just, I'm in a lot of contact with all my girls. So I kind of know what shows they're at coming up. And if I don't know, then I'll just ask them. Um, and I'm always checking in. How'd you do? How'd your class go? Um, stuff like that. So. Wow. See, I have trouble just remembering the names of my clients. <laughs> <laughs> that happens too. <laughs> but, the, but the more, I mean, you know, that happens if I hadn't had contact with them in a year and a half. <laughs> right, right. But it, it helps when you're in constant contact, that won't happen. <laughs> right. That's funny. Okay. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it just seems like you're doing everything right. And I'm in, certainly impressed with all of your marketing and keeping everything so uh, well organized and starting off with prices that actually make you some money instead of giving away everything. But you said when you were learning, you didn't even charge at all. So how long did you invest in that way before you actually went pro? I had seen people charge and like call something a finished product. Right. It was media when it was truly in beta. And right. that is not fair. Um, so if, if your product is not finished, it should not be labeled as such and it should not be charged for as such. <laughs> so it was, it was an enormous blessing that I got to see that in the industry I was at at the time, because I was like, look, I'm going to until in full confidence at any time of the day under any situation with whatever naughty horse is in front of me until I know that I can guarantee a solid result and I feel fully in control at all times, you know, this, this is beta. This is not a finished product. This is not something I, I can go to market with. So it was right about a year. Um, of investing your time. Yes, exactly. And my own money to develop my own film. Um, hundreds and hundreds I and hundreds it. of roles. <laughs> yeah, thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, and until I had full confidence that, you know, if it was high noon, I could do a great shoot. If it was a really naughty horse, I could do a great shoot. If it was raining, I could do a great shoot. You know, it was just until I felt like I had full control of my camera and what the finished product would look like, I considered myself to be a hobbyist. Mm-hmm. In beta, if you will. <laughs> I like that um, idea, beta. That's that's a great idea. 
uh, until it is ready to to be your product. And then it was, you know, priced appropriately because I was a professional. It just, it kind of turned overnight. Like I set up my LLC, I got my pricing list, you know, good to go on the website. And I was a photographer and I'd already kind of built, like I said, it happened organically because of the girls I was shooting at the time. Um, you know, I, I already had a small following and a small demand for the product, uh-huh. uh, but then it just kind of rolled over. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, um, uh- Usually we go for 30, 30 or 45 minutes, and that's about how long we've been. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the Equine Photographers Podcast. Tell us where people can find you online. Yes, yeah, so you can sign up for newsletters. Um, I have two websites. Like I said, I have a mentoring website. So that is kmplearn.com, and I have an Instagram to go with that page. KMP learn. <laughs> um, and then I have my regular website that is kirstymarie.com. And I have all the Facebooks, all the Instagrams, all the everything to go with that. You can find all the links there. If you go to either website, a pop up for a newsletter will come up and you can stay in touch with everything I'm working on. On the mentoring one, I do tons of Q&A. So you can go through my blog. You can, you know, ask me any questions. And regularly, I'll be posting answers to questions people ask me. So cool. Very cool. I like to stay in touch, and I'm very open. So if anyone has questions, just holler. Hey, I'm going to sneak one last question. You have this uh, learning program going. Uh Uh, Is that an income stream for you? It is. So um, there's a lot of free content on there, but if you would like to do a one-on-one Skype session, Uh that's $200 an hour. And then if you want to do an in-person one-on-one mentoring session, we can talk about exactly what you need, but it's going to happen in Dallas, Texas. And all of them are totally personal and customized. So mm-hmm. it's just it's just what that person wants to learn. Great. All right. All right. Hey, thank you so much. And for all of you out there listening today, this uh, Kirsty was certainly informative and has a lot of great stuff to tell you about. Uh, building an equine photography business and she's got a hopping business even though it's part-time has a career she loves in the career world and loves equine photography too Um, we would love to have you go to itunes and rate and review the show and uh, also share it with all of your horsey photography friends uh, online and uh Thank you for your time. Thank you. So happy to be here. Thanks, Peter. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for the Equine Photographers Podcast. We hope you were inspired to grow and improve as an equine photographer by listening today. Join us for the next episode to learn and grow and to be inspired as we interview some of today's outstanding image makers.